This month at Book Riot, we're giving away a $100 gift card to Amazon in support of Swords and Spaceships, our weekly newsletter about all things sci-fi and fantasy. Sign up for the newsletter at bookriot.com slash giveaway to be entered to win the $100 gift card, and you'll hear about new sci-fi and fantasy releases, interesting industry news, backlist recommendations, and more. Again, enter at bookriot.com slash giveaway. This is Recommended, where we talk to interesting people about their favorite books. In today's episode, author Wabgisha Grice and blogger Jansen Bradshaw each talk about a favorite teen novel. Wabgisha Grice is an author and journalist originally from Wasaksing First Nation. His first short story collection, Midnight Sweat Lodge, was inspired by his experiences growing up in an Anishinaabe community and won an independent publisher's book award in 2012. His debut novel, Legacy, followed in 2014. His most recent novel, Moon of the Crusted Snow, follows a small northern Anishinaabe community who become cut off from the rest of the world, only to find out that the rest of the world is falling apart. My name is Wabgija Grice, and The Lesser Blessed by Richard Van Camp is my recommended. The Lesser Blessed is a book about a young indigenous teen named Larry. He's Dog Rib, who lives in the Northwest Territories in a fictional place called Fort Simmer. The story sort of follows his journey through high school and some of the specific challenges he faces as an indigenous teen. And just with some past traumas that he's endured in trying to reconcile those with uh, the everyday dreams that everyday youth have. I guess just trying to fit in and trying to find a way forward because he's well aware of his unique position in this world as a dog rib teen, as someone who's indigenous in a changing world around them. He has a lot of the similar hopes and dreams that other youth do, but he's also seeking something more. He's seeking a greater understanding not only of himself, but also the world around him. It came out in 1996, I believe, while I was in high school. That was one of my last years in high school, and I didn't know about it then. I was sort of only discovering books by Indigenous authors at that point. So uh, these were books that weren't taught in school whatsoever, where I grew up. Um, I think Indigenous literature was by and large absent from Canadian curricula back in the mid to late 1990s while I was in high school. I wasn't exposed to any Indigenous authors at all. Well, I was going through uh, my secondary education. Fortunately, um, some friends and family, one aunt in particular, my aunt Elaine, uh, exposed me to a lot of the great storytellers who were out there writing books at the time, like Thomas King and Lee Miracle, Richard Wagamese, um, Louise Erdrich, uh, authors like that. So I hadn't come across Richard Van Camp's work at that point. But as this world began to open up, for me, I became aware of him and his work, as well as many other authors at the time. So uh, I had known of him and I'd known of The Lesser Blessed. It was highly recommended in those circles of Indigenous storytellers and authors. So yeah, it was probably about 10 years after it came out, maybe in my mid to, mid to late 20s, that I finally tracked down a copy and read it and blew me away. Along with its genuine, candid, and really raw voice, it's a very compact story. It's a short novel of only like maybe 120 or so pages. 
And I was just starting on my own writing journey at the time. I had a short story collection that I wanted to get published. And it was very short, too. And I think the mythology around becoming an author is that, oh, you need something epic or you need something big that people can really chew on and really spend time with. And I I sort of had some doubts about whether I could be, you know, a bona fide or authentic author because I had such short material essentially like this short story collection I was working on was was really really short but I read The Lesser Blessed which was a short novel and I thought okay you know if if the story's good if it's authentic and if it resonates with everybody it it doesn't really matter how long it is so that really encouraged me at that point by the time I, I read it to to start pursuing my own literary dreams. Reading Richard Van Camp's The Lesser Blessed, sort of in juxtaposition to the mainstream works that were out there, really showed me that, you know, you don't always necessarily have to play by the rules. You know, there isn't one format, there isn't one sort of journey towards becoming a published author. There are many different ways to go about it. And I think those lines have been blurred more and more nowadays in that there's a growing appetite to hear from more quote-unquote marginalized voices who are doing things their own way, who are being authentic and really staying true to themselves and their cultures and their communities and sort of breaking away from the stereotypical format that we learn in in high school and university about what fiction is supposed to be. I started writing while I was in high school, but it was more or less a creative outlet. You know, I had time to pass when I was at home from school, like in the evenings and on the weekends. I grew up on a reserve that was right beside a town, so it's not isolated by any means. But the community itself is so uh, spread out. It's on an island, a really big island. So it's not like we had neighbors close by. The house I grew up in was basically right in the middle of the bush. And these were the days, obviously, before internet, and we couldn't get cable TV out there because it was uh, too far away from town. So, you know, I was left to find ways to pass the time and to try to be creative. Because at a pretty young age, I really became engaged by storytelling, oral storytelling, because it's part of my Anishinaabe culture. Um, That was one thing that really got me interested in who I was and in my background. But by the time I got to high school, I I became more interested in sort of the written word and how um, literature worked and, you know, the literary works that were out there that we learned in school. And also the creative, creative writing aspect of English class in high school really appealed to me, too. I had these tools, I guess, to try to be creative in a different way. And, um, yeah, I just wrote short stories for fun whenever I got home from school or whenever I had time on the weekend. And what I like to write a lot about was just some of the things happening around me, because at that age, you know, uh, I was well aware that being Indigenous in Canada was a pretty unique experience that not a lot of non-Indigenous people were familiar with. Uh, So I would write about the funny things that me and my cousins would do, just some of the unique scenarios that would come up uh, on the res, and never having any intention of getting it published because I didn't know that that was an option. Again, because I didn't know that there were actual Indigenous authors out there, you know, blazing trails and getting these crucial canonical works published. Uh, You know, nowadays, like these are books that are in the canon of Indigenous literature. I think by the time I got to to university and started pursuing it a little more um, and becoming more aware of Indigenous authors, I, I began to put some pieces together and 
figure out how I may be able to eventually get published. And, you know, I sought out some arts grants and, you know, sought mentors too, essentially. And um, so the, the path to being published happened a lot later. But again, you know, if I had been able to read a book specifically about the Indigenous teen experience while I was a teen myself and saw that it was written by a young Indigenous person as well, then I might have uh, pursued that dream um, a little earlier and maybe a little more strongly. I've come to realize that dream in the end, and for that I'm, I'm hugely thankful. There are moments in The Lesser Blessed where... Larry shares some of the stories of his dog rib culture and some, some of the, the more traditional or intergenerational stories that a lot of Indigenous cultures employ to pass down culture and to make people aware of, of who they are. Especially when I was younger, I didn't see how my Anishinaabe culture would fit on the written page or whether there was space for my culture or some of the older stories that shaped me in a book um, because we're told from a very young age that our culture and our beliefs and our traditions are passed down orally from generation to generation and they don't need to be written down because they've maintained despite you know some brutal acts of colonialism and assimilation and uh, other you know very violent measures so I didn't know if there was a place for culture and tradition from an indigenous perspective in a book but by seeing that happen in The Lesser Blessed, it sort of uh, opened my eyes to the potential of documenting some of these things in these ways. Just by having Indigenous protagonist who's proud of his background express that so um, profoundly and so strongly in a narrative inspired me to do that with a lot of my characters as well. And um, it, it's something that I've sort of hung on to since the beginning and um, made sure to make a point of to sort of use that culture as an anchor for every protagonist that I write in order to have their feet firmly planted in something that uh, gives them hope despite everything happening around them. I saw the, the movie adaptation more recently, I think within the last five years, and it was awesome to see how it was represented on the screen. Um, I thought it was beautifully done. It was brilliantly acted and directed. And just to see this community in this unique situation, I saw it in a big movie theater, right? Like it's just where you'd see the normal blockbusters. This is while I was living in, in Ottawa. So I thought, you know, this is awesome. You know, I could have never imagined doing this when I was a teenager, going to a big multiplex in a big city and seeing an authentically Indigenous story on the screen in front of me. If I were to put together an elevator pitch for The Lesser Blessed, I would say if you want to understand what it's like to be a young Indigenous person on this land right now, read The Lesser Blessed by Richard Van Camp because it shows what so many Indigenous youth are experiencing nowadays in terms of reconciling their customs and traditions and beliefs with a changing world around them yet staying true to themselves and speaking their voices loudly and proudly. Thanks again to Wabgishuk Rice for joining us and recommending The Lesser Blessed by Richard Van Camp. Moon of the Crusted Snow, published by ECW Press, is available wherever books are sold. You can follow him on Twitter at Wab, that's W-A-U-B. 
Jansen Bradshaw is the author of Everyday Reading, a site for book-loving parents. A children's librarian turned mom to four little girls, she shares recommendations for picture books and books for grown-ups on her blog and Instagram so that no one ever has to be stuck with a big pile of subpar reading material. Jansen and her husband live with their daughters in Provo, Utah, where Jansen always has all their library cards maxed out. My name is Jansen Bradshaw, and To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Hahn is my recommended. To All the Boys I've Loved Before follows Lara Jean, who is the middle of three sisters being raised by their dad um, because their mom died when Lara Jean was fairly young. Lara Jean is kind of your typical middle child, um, deferring to her very typical oldest sister, who is now about to go off to college. So Lara Jean is fairly uncomfortable about now being the oldest daughter at home and trying to keep the house running, which her sister did very smoothly. She's also very close to her older sister, and her older sister is going to school in Ireland. So, you know, losing her sister feels really scary and worrisome to her. Also complicated by the fact that her sister has been dating for the last several years the boy next door who Lara Jean has a massive crush on. Um, And then, as if that isn't complicated enough, Lara Jean has this habit of every time she's had a crush on someone, when she's kind of ready to move on, she writes a kind of goodbye love letter to them with all the reasons she's loved them, but now why she is not, doesn't love them anymore. And she keeps these in a hat box and those letters get mailed out. And so each of these boys from her past kind of start coming out of the woodwork to ask, you know, I got this letter and I don't really know what to make of this. But the most worrisome is that the boy next door, her sister's boyfriend, is getting one also. So when he asks her about it, she pretends to be dating one of the other boys who got a letter, Peter Kavinsky. And they have this fake relationship to keep the sister's boyfriend from knowing that she really actually likes him. I read the first one. So there's three books in the series now. The first one came out sometime in 2014. And I had read some of Jenny Han's other books, including the Summer I Turned Pretty trilogy. So I, you know, this one was sort of on my radar because I kind of kept track of what other things she was writing. And this one, you know, I liked her other books, but this one just was the most delightful book. I read it in about a day and a half and it was just so fun. And I just loved everything about it. And then I read the next ones as they came out. Um, but by the time the third one came out, I kind of had, you know, I had liked the first two, but it'd been a while since I read them. But when the third one came out, I felt like I, I went back and read all three of them again. And I started talking about them quite a bit on Instagram and they just kind of became this big thing where you, one of my goals with everyday reading is always to recommend books that are really fun to read and that make people who have either never had the experience of falling in love with the book or who haven't you know, now busy with adult life, have not had that experience in a long time. Remember that this book has been my slam dunk to make that happen, where I have had hundreds of readers send me messages saying, I was super dubious about this book, but you talked about it so often and so much that I finally picked it up. And I read the whole trilogy in two and a half days. And I'd forgotten what it felt like to read like this and just love a book. So that's been really fun. I'm afraid that elevator pitch is not my strong point. Gushing is definitely (laughs) more my wheelhouse. 
Um, but I usually just say, this is the kind of book that makes me remember all the best parts of being a teenager and that high school crush. And it's just so who knows how this is going to play out kind of magic that even as an adult is still fun to read instead of just being like, oh, teenagers. My very favorite scene is where Peter comes over to Lara Jean's house and is just hanging out with Lara Jean and her younger sister, Kitty, and they show him this dance that they made up when they were kids. It's completely choreographed, synchronized, and he is just dying laughing over the whole thing. It's just such a fun, happy, sweet scenes that you could actually imagine happening. I just love every part of that. So I love a good YA romance, but I, um, I also love that this one is very funny too. There are lots of laugh out loud, funny lines to me, which for me is just the perfect marriage of romance and comedy there. And I just love how sweet It is, you know, a lot of my readers are looking for books that aren't gritty or have a lot of adult content, even though most of my readers are adults. And so I I like this one because I feel like it really has broad appeal, not only to me, but also the people who are looking to me for recommendations. I used to read a lot of young adult books and over the last probably five years, not as much. And so this one felt like the kind of thing I used to read a lot of the kind of a fun throwback to what more of my reading life used to look like and less of what it does now, which I think is kind of one of the reasons it was so delightful for me. I feel like the character development is so good in these books. And one of the reasons that I love, you know, the first book and then all the books is that although it is a romance, there's such great character development of Lara Jean aside from just her interest in Josh, the boy next door, and, you know, her fake boyfriend, Peter, that I wanted to see what was going to happen next with her, even if the storyline had somewhat wrapped up by the first one. But I think she does such a good job of making all of the books feel like a little peek into her life, not just a standalone, like everything was wrapped up tidily with a bow. And so you never need to know anything else, but also not, you know, I, I don't love a cliffhanger book or one that kind of feels very uh, nebulous at the ending. So I feel like she just hit that balance perfectly of it feels satisfying at the end, but you also, the idea of another book is very thrilling. I loved the movie. And as soon as they announced a release date, I actually hosted a viewing party and invited a bunch of my readers who were local to come, which was so fun. I mean, you know how when you go to a movie, movie in the theater, there's kind of that buzz of being there with an audience that laughs at the right time and <gasps> at the right time. And it, it was that experience way more fun than just watching at home in bed or on my couch. And uh, that was so magical. Then I had all sorts of treats related to the book. So there were Pocky sticks and there were little yogurt drinks and um, cookies because she's a big baker. It was just it just made the whole thing so much better. And of course, I was a little nervous because I had not seen the movie yet because we I had the um, viewing party the day it came out. So, you know, there was a risk that it would be truly terrible. And I'd have invited, you know, 35 people to watch a really awful movie with me. But it was, I thought it was so well done. I was so happy with virtually every part of it. I thought the casting was spot on. I thought they really captured the 
kind of heart of the movie. It was funny. It was romantic. I was, I it was pretty much perfect. I was super happy with it. And as soon as they announced that they're making a movie of the second one, P.S. I Still Love You, I got so many messages saying, are you hosting another party? And I am absolutely hosting another party. I think so many adults remember those fun, exciting first love kind of, you know, a lot of things about high school that none of us would ever want to go back to, but fun things too. And I think that kind of has such a nostalgic feeling as an adult that's really fun. I also read a... Um, interesting article after the movie came out that talked about, I think it was Jenny Han saying that she felt like there hadn't been, you know, that kind of the nineties were the heyday of romantic comedy movies, you know, while you were sleeping and you've got mail that are just fun and delightful and sweet. And that she felt like since then, a lot of them had been kind of more gritty or dark or heartbreaking or whatever. And that she wanted to all the boys I've loved before to have kind of that throwback feeling of just pretty much total delight romantic comedy, which I think she nailed. And I never would have thought of that on my own, but hearing her say that, I thought, oh, she is so right. This has that same sort of feel as those movies that I grew up with. Thanks again to Jansen Bradshaw for joining us and recommending To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. You can get more recommendations from Bradshaw on everyday-reading.com. Thanks again to our sponsors for making today's episode possible. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your feedback and it helps other folks to find the show. You can find show notes at bookriot.com slash recommended and you can email us at recommended at bookriot.com. 